football. It's time to talk Dons. North Zone 1, Red Friday. Yes, welcome to Red Friday on North Sound 1 and the fans are back at Petodri tomorrow. Well, 300 of them anyway. And we're going to be hearing from Don's fan, Jerry Smith, who you heard just there, one of the lucky supporters who'll be in the stadium for the visit of Kilmarnock. And it's a game that Derek McInnes knows is no foregone conclusion. We haven't been on a good run up until the game against United, you know, in terms of wins. I've struggled for those wins, but I think performances, I've seen Kilmarnock often enough and I've never been far away, but they managed to... Everything went from him day. They showed their goal threat, they showed their power from crosses, they counter-attacked well and got their goals. A very Kilmarnock cool performance, you know, it was much... Uh, we've seen those types of performances from them and, uh, and I'm sure they'll come up here uh, confident on the back of that. Uh, so we know it's going to be tough, but um, I've never really expected anything other than a tough match when you play Kilmarnock, but equally it's important that they feel us as well on the day. North Zone 1, Red Friday. Yeah, hello, this is Red Friday. I'm Mike. I'm joined in the studio by Dave McDermott and Andrew Shiny and Kilmarnock tomorrow. Dave, it's just, first of all, quite nice to be back to some domestic football. It is. Uh, the international break, so although they're only two weeks, they seem so much longer. And uh, tomorrow, looking forward to it. Great to see the start of the fans returning because and it will be another surreal experience uh, as it has been without any fans with just 300 of them and should be a good game both teams on the back of good results going into the international break as Derek mentioned the game against United that they had the 4-0 win was out of the blue given their previous form and the Dons down at Easter Road uh, on the Sunday it was a, a fantastic a victory for, for Aberdeen and thoroughly deserved as well. Yeah, Andrew, obviously Kilmarnock not quite hitting the heights they did under Steve Clark, but you feel like they are starting to get some sort of uh, rhythm together in terms of you know just getting a sort of settled sort of squad and a settled team. And certainly that result against Dundee United showed that they definitely need to be watched tomorrow. Absolutely. I mean, Kilmarnock, as Derek said, it's always a tough game, despite the fact that Derek has such a fantastic record against them. Uh, there's no way that he's going to com- be complacent and think, ah, Kilmarnock will always beat them. Uh, but they, they were very good against Dundee United. And uh, I have to say, that fourth goal that they scored, comfortably for me, the goal of the, of the month, uh, despite what uh, the fans voted in the SPFL's poll, uh, it just, just shows that there's not as many Kilmarnock fans as there are Rangers fans voting because Borna Barisic's free kick, good though it was, not in the same league as that goal that Rory McKenzie scored. Uh, it wasn't even as good a goal as Scott Wright scored and uh, you know you'd have thought wearing my red tinted specs I'd be going for Scott's goal as being goal of the month but no Rory McKenzie's win it's summed up what Kilmarnock are capable of you know the the break from the opposition corner uh, Kabamba comes out of defence knocks it out wide to the guy Pinnock who knocks it first time across to the other side of the field Kilty takes a touch lays it into the path of Rory McKenzie who doesn't even have to break stride and he chips the goalie from 25 yards What's there not to like about that as being the goal of the month? It's the kind of goal that if had been scored in La Liga or in the English oh. Premier League, it would have been talked about as being goal of the, goal of the century. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, but it, it does show what Kilmarnock are capable of. I mean, I think Dundee United, when they look back on that game, they didn't defend well. Mark Conley had a bit of a nightmare. But Nicky Kabamba up front, always dangerous, awkward, 
unorthodox. You're never sure what he's going to do. He's a bit like uh, some other players in the league that you think, well, do you really know what you're doing? But he's effective uh, and they always work hard. Uh, they will miss Alan Power in the middle of the park. Uh, he and Dicker are a, a renowned, uh, a ferocious c- combination in there. But I think, uh, you know, you look at the league table, Aberdeen have only played four games. They're up in fourth place. Kilmarnock have played six and they're in ninth. Uh, so that kind of tells you that things haven't been going Killy's way. Although Alex Dyer says they've been playing well and they've been maybe missing out in a wee bit of luck. But they need to be watched. There's no question of that. Now we've seen a more attacking brand of football from Derek McInnes, I would say, in, in recent weeks. Obviously not the last couple because we've not had any games. But you do feel that that might be the way that he could approach it tomorrow. Yeah, with the three at the back, which... It does seem to be working thus far. The goals are being spread about as well, and the uh, players playing at the top top of the game. Andrew mentioned Kabamba. I'm looking forward to the battle between Scott McKenna and Kabamba, mm-hmm. who is a player that uh, we saw it. Uh, we've seen it already this season. He can really rumble rumble up defenders. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Ryan Hedges, who I I thought Ryan. Uh, had his poorest game of the season down at Easter Road, which just shows how well he has been playing. So, now a lot, lot of uh, competition for places, which is always good and always encourages players to play at the top of their game. So, and and like Andrew said, Kilmarnock are a, a, a dangerous opponent. We yeah. remember that game a couple of seasons ago when Mikey Devlin gets sent off. Um, bizarrely um, <laughs> early in the game, and remember we, it well. Yes, and we ended up losing that when we won't be making that mistake tomorrow I'm quite sure and Andrew converse to the Dons and their attacking brand of football Kilmarnock that's one thing that hasn't changed a whole lot uh, since uh, Steve Clark left is that they'd still like to sort of soak up pressure and try and and hit on the break yeah and they've got players that are capable of doing that you've got Chris Burke who is enjoying a renaissance in in the latter part of his career Eamon Brophy is always a danger man Uh, he loves to shoot he can hit a ball with either foot Uh, He sometimes gets himself caught offside because he he just maybe lacks a wee bit of attention when uh, the team's attacking and he's he's always wanting to be on the shoulder and sometimes just drifts into offside positions, but certainly a player that has to be watched. Uh, At the other end, they they seem to have tightened up a wee bit. You've still got Broadfoot and Finlay in central defence there. And I think, you know, Kit Broadfoot now and again... Uh, if you can get under his skin he can be a wee bit rash Stuart Finlay I rate is a, a decent defender and of course in goal they've got uh, former Aberdeen keeper Danny Rogers and uh, Danny will be doubly determined uh, I'm sure to come up to Pataudry and show everyone that he could possibly have been the man to take over from Joe Lewis but unfortunately for Danny Joe just gets better and better with age and uh, still has a lot of years ahead of him and I think it was a good move for Danny Rogers to go to Kilmarnock and get first team football Well it's exactly what he's getting and uh, it is a big game tomorrow not just for the Dons and for Kilmarnock I'm sure as well but also for the fans because we will be seeing fans in the stadium who would have thought it it's uh, it's actually happening tomorrow Uh, we'll come on to talk a bit more about that but 74-year-old fan Jerry Smith is one of the 300 who are going to be in attendance tomorrow. It's going to be a bit different. Again, we'll talk about that, but he says it's been a huge miss for him and his mates. It certainly disrupted my routine, uh, meeting up with the guys that I sit next to and have sat next to for years and years, missing the atmosphere uh, and the whole match day experience. It's been a big miss. Obviously, I'll be sitting on my own 
I won't have folks to chat to. Uh, and when the teams come out, there won't be the usual applause and singing and chanting. 300 people uh, are not going to be able to make the rockers noise that usually surrounds Petaudry, but hopefully we'll, we'll get a win and uh, their players in one way or another will get a slight lift. Yeah, and uh, Jerry, they're talking about being one of the 300 fans that are allowed uh, to be at the game tomorrow, obviously, as a test pilot, and it won't be happening over the next couple of weeks, we know, again. But it is an opportunity uh, to show that it can be done responsibly. But let me just talk through some of the rules, because this is not a criticism of the rules, because they're there for a very, very good reason. Um, But I'm just thinking about it from a football fan point of view. One of those 300 in there, they're all big Dons fans, you know that. Here's some of the rules. Remain in your seat. Well, that's the first one that could be problematic. Uh, always wear your face covering, uh, covering your nose and mouth. Leaving your seat. If you must leave your seat, continue to wear your face covering. Again, this is all okay. But then you get on to uh, the ones like uh, chanting, shouting and singing are to be avoided. <laughs> to be avoided. That's where he starts to fall down, Andrew. It does a little bit, and I'm sure there will be... Um the odd occasion when people break out because let's face it they're going to be sitting in the south stand over the other side of the park there's a guy who will be wearing an Aberdeen tracksuit or a couple of guys wearing Aberdeen tracksuits called McInnes and Doherty and they most certainly will be shouting so it's it's a wee bit of a mixed message I can understand where they're coming from um, but they're wearing face masks and I think you know nobody's going to get chucked out of the ground for for shouting, making a comment, whatever, I wouldn't think. Um, but uh, it will it will be difficult for, for fans because they're so used to, to going along and, you know, letting off a bit of steam, venting their spleen at the referee, um, at players, etc., etc. Uh, and let's face it, when, when Aberdeen score, which we hope they do on at least one occasion tomorrow, there's bound to be a reaction from the fans. It's mm. only natural. Uh, and... I think it, it, it's, you could maybe have said no excess singing, singing shouting and chanting mm-hmm. um, rather than just none at all. Uh, I heard Jerry saying, you know, there'll be no applause. That's one thing they are allowed to do. They can clap their hands mm-hmm. when, they, when the teams come out, their hands which will have been sanitised fully as they come into the ground. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult. I mean, trying to make supporters sit in their hands and, and say nothing throughout 90 minutes is well nigh impossible. Uh, it's something that has never been done yet, so it certainly will be very interesting. Uh, one of the other ones, uh, Dave, is that avoid face-to-face contact with other spectators. Normally I would say that would be an issue, but given that your next spectator is going to be about a mile away, it's not <laughs> such of an issue. Uh, and the other one, which I think is interesting, is regarding the match ball. So should the match ball enter the stand, please pass this down to the ball boy to be sanitised. Under no circumstances should you throw the ball onto the pitch which is the instinct of every fan ever uh, please ensure that you sanitize your own hands once the ball's been passed back so there are lots of rules there we know as we said it is all for the right reasons um, but it is if you're one of the 300 going you are sort of i don't know do you get sellotape do you, do you stick your hands underneath you know your your backside when you sit down what do you do i think some of these rules have been written by somebody that doesn't attend a football match regularly mm-hmm. because it's all about spontaneity you know you you shout at the ref being even Andrew and I have done that on occasion. <laughs> what? Uh, Never. <laughs> um, and it is spontaneous. It's it's just a a, a reaction, and that's what uh, live sport and live football is all about. So, as Andrew said, it, um, it's very very difficult to uh, 
to, to monitor properly, uh, but I, I do think there has to be a, a wee bit of leeway. And as long as people have got their masks, that's the main, the main one. Keep the masks on, yeah. socially distance. That, that, as it has been throughout the last few months, been the main message to get across. Yeah. Uh, and uh, But uh, if Aberdeen score, I can assure you, the 300 will be <laughs> heard. Absolutely. I mean, it is an opportunity, I guess, for uh, Scottish football to show that this can be done under this test pilot environment. I'm going to get the thoughts of a couple of the fans now ahead of the fans' return tomorrow. So these are the thoughts of Graham and, first of all, Kev. Yeah, I think, although it is just, a, I think, 300 that are getting in, so a small number, it's still a step in the right direction, I guess. Um, it's going to be a different sort of atmosphere for those going, but it's a good sign to see that we're hopefully moving back to a bit of normality at some point and we can get the, all the fans back in but yeah good, good first steps I suppose it's going to be great to see the fans back in the stadium you know it's, it's been a long time six, nearly six months you know um, but you know it's only a small amount of fans 300 fans but that won't matter you know Aberdeen, Aberdeen players and the staff will all be excited to see some fans in the stadium you know we have had nothing for a good while now um, but you know I'm looking forward to the game it'll be a tough one but I'm sure they the um, the guidelines that have been set for the fans, you know, we've all seen them. <laughs> I'm not sure everyone will be able to sit on their hands, but if Aberdeen scored a, a 45-yard screamer or, you know, it's a five-goal thriller, but, you know, we're just all happy that the fans are back and that's the, the most important thing, albeit it's only 300, but still look forward to it and I'm sure the fans there will be extremely happy just to see their team again. Yeah, I think that echoes the thoughts of most fans uh, and Andrew, I think you know, looking at it from a player point of view you've got to say this has to be albeit a small number, they're not going to be as noisy as normal. You, you think, Andrew, though, that that is an advantage for the players? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, although you'll get players that will say when you, you run out onto the pitch, you, 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 your focus is totally on the game, you switch off to the noise round about you, but you must be aware of uh, what's what's around you in terms of the decibel level inside a stadium uh, when it's so quiet uh, there'll be some that'll be th- saying thank goodness there's fans coming in because when the gaffer shouts at me sorry gaffer I couldn't hear you for the fans um, but uh, no players do feed off that, an atmosphere there's no question at all about that otherwise you know football would have just been played in public parks yeah. uh, and it's just not the same when there's there's no audience in there. It will be different tomorrow, but uh, I'm sure, as, as Dave said, there's got to be a bit of leeway given. Um, and if there is a little bit of atmosphere generated at certain times by spectators that are there, uh, it can only be good for the game. Yeah, and Killy boss Alex Dyer is also delighted that there's going to be fans in attendance tomorrow, even though he's in charge of the visitors. Yeah, it's good. It's good for football. It's just the main thing. It's good that, um, you know, supporters are allowed back in, even though it's a test, but it's good. It's good for Aberdeen. It's good for us. It's always nice for professional footballers to be playing in front of people. I think even the Kilmarnock players tomorrow will be happy to see some faces in the stands. Yeah, and, and hear a limited amount of, of noise, because that's... It's, Football, the one big thing that we've missed so far this season are the supporters. Absolutely. All right, we're going to talk more about the game tomorrow and much more still to come, plus Lewis Ferguson. We're going to hear from him in a minute. He's been in great form recently and we'll hear that next. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk dogs. North Sound 1, Red Friday. 
Yeah, you're listening to Red Friday on North Sound 1. It's Aberdeen Kilmarnock at Pataudry. 300 fans in the stadium. And one player who's been in great form recently is Lewis Ferguson. As well as that, he knows how important a signing Ross McCrory is. It's not that you work harder because everybody works as hard as they can. Everybody in the changing room, whether it's in, in that position or not, I think everybody does raise their game and... And a new signing, especially a big one like, like Ross, it, it does have a, a knock-on effect on, on the rest of the team. Yeah, it feels like it's it, there's a real partnership growing there between the two of them. Yeah, and there's also so much competition in the centre of the midfield when you've got Dylan McGeoch, you've got uh, young Dean Campbell and obviously Craig Bryson has left the club, which is, I think, a real, a real shame. But yeah. Uh, you know, Craig just uh, was so hampered by injuries that were new injuries for him. But they uh, know that Ferguson McCrory, um, they're two stick-ons to start right at this moment in time, and it's up for the rest again. And uh, Ojo as well is centre midfield, so it's very, very strong, the strongest for for quite a while. And they cover so much ground, Andrew. That's one of the real positives for Derek McInnes now. Absolutely, two very athletic young players who who seem to spark off each other. Uh, they, they played for the Scotland under twenty ones and the the win in Vilnius and in, in midweek there, and. Uh, you know, Ross McCrory, I thought he was immense against Hibbs. The number of times that he, he won three and four challenges in a row in the middle of the park. But when he gets clear with the ball, he can use the ball. That's the thing. Uh, and he can play in, in different positions uh, at the same level. Uh, it's not like, uh, stick him in at right back, he can just do a job for you. He could be a stick on at right back or right-sided central defender if you're playing a three. Middle of the park, excellent. I dare say if you were to stick Ross McCrory up top, he would do a job for you. But uh, the partnership between Lewis Ferguson and Ross McCrory not only bodes well for Aberdeen, but bodes really well for Scotland in the future, I think. It's two young guys who have got great ambition, great ability, and as I say, they're they're sparking off each other and, and driving each other forwards and at the moment it's it's Aberdeen who are going to benefit from that but ultimately I think the national side will also. Well speaking of the national side I mean let's hope that Scotland they've never have a situation like the Czech Republic faced last week where they have to call up a whole new squad and new management but you do feel at the moment if that was to happen those two would be right in amongst the players that would be considered. Definitely the Czech situation was more like the Bertie Volks days <laughs> of the past where you never recognised any names in the squad hardly but uh, yeah it's just uh, again another sort of symptom of the the world we're in right now Mm, Um, but yeah they can't be that far away I mean it was great to have the the two of them along with Dean Campbell and Conor McLennan and the under 21 squad and uh, yeah there are a lot of good young players coming through at Pataudry and um, certainly you forget sometimes that uh, Fergie and Ross are still so young. You, you sometimes see this with uh, smaller clubs than the Dons, Andrew, likes of Hamilton I can think of in the past and, and you know, there's been examples at Hibs, for example, where they've had a real core of young players who are really sort of catching the, the attention and, and the eye of, of you know national managers and other clubs in the future as well. Um, so, so it's a two-sided thing, isn't it? Because obviously it's great that the Dons are in a position with two really young midfielders and then a, a few other players as well there that are sort of under 21 caps. Um, but the downside to that is that they will attract attention. I'm thinking especially the likes of Lewis Ferguson. Yes, um, I mean, there's there's a, a lot of speculation kicking around because he's doing so well that uh, he can go on to greater things. But I'll tell you, he's a very level-headed boy and, he, and his father, Derek, um, keeps his feet firmly on the ground. And I think they know that Aberdeen is a, a perfect place for Lewis to, to learn his trade. Ross McCrory 
in a, a similar vein uh, knows that he's going to get game time at Aberdeen it's going to be beneficial for his future career you would love to think that um, you know you could replicate the situation back in the early 80s when you had you know Hewitt, Simpson, Cooper etc all coming through the, the ranks at Pataudry and staying for a, a longer period of time and going on to win things but you're right I mean money talks in the modern game there's no question of that and if somebody comes in with a, a crazy offer uh, the the financial people at Pataudry are not going to be able to turn that down particularly given you know the, the losses that um, clubs are suffering at the moment through the the COVID situation, yeah. but uh, as I say, the, the longer that these boys are together, it's maybe going to be short-term gain uh, for Aberdeen, but uh, you know, let's enjoy them while they're here because they're both great players. And in great form right now, and uh, you mentioned there Dave Craig Bryson, he has left after his contract was cancelled and we've got the fans' thoughts on that we're going to hear now from Kev, uh, Big Don's fan, on what he feels as a fan on Craig Bryson. I thought he was going to be really good uh, addition to the squad, I thought he would be a good replacement for Shinny as well. Um, I'm disappointed because, like I say, he came with a good reputation, he was a quality player, um, and I think, like most fans, dis- uh, disappointed that it didn't work out for him. With regards to how big an impact or loss he's going to be, no disrespect to Craig because, like I say, it didn't work out for him through injuries, but I don't think it's going to be a miss for us at all. He didn't get enough time or he wasn't fit enough to make a stamp in the first team at all. Um, so, with that, I'm sure he's going to. I'm sure most Don's fans are going to be sad to see him go without getting to fulfil his potential. But at the same time, as I'd imagine, he'd be quite a high hitter on the wage bill. Um, so at least it frees it up for other areas. But I'm sure, like most Don fans, would wish him all the best. Yeah, I mean, certainly not an impact on the current situation because the midfield are doing well at the moment. But he is a player that came with a big, big CV, a lot of experience. Obviously, that time at Derby County, um, he's a player as well that had he been a bit more lucky with those injuries, Dave. I think we would have seen a very different Craig Bryson. No doubt about it. And we know, we know from the messages, as we mentioned before, messages from Derby fans when he joined Aberdeen, they were gutted to lose to lose him. Such was his influence in eight seasons at, at Derby. So, yeah, it just, you know, it, it, the, the injury situation, and it wasn't an injury he'd had before. It was the opposite angle, ankle from the, the uh, problem he had yeah. when, he, when he signed. And Craig himself, he's, he's, I mean, he's a great lad and he, I don't think, wanted to play at a level that wasn't what he was capable of and what was expected of him and the, that ankle injury just never seemed to be clearing up and the competition in that area of the park meant that he was getting further and further down the pecking order, especially after Ross McCrory was signed. It puts the Dons in a good position though, Andrew, doesn't it, when you know your player, a player with the calibre of Craig Bryson leaves and you feel that actually there's enough there that it's not going to have the impact that maybe it would have had in previous seasons. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as uh, Kev said there, you know, we're all sorry to, to see him go. He was unable to he was unable to play a full 90 minutes uh, in a game for Aberdeen. He started eight games and he was subbed off after an hour after in virtually every one of them. Uh, Craig was desperate to hit the, the levels that he knew he was capable of, but I think it was after that challenge from Murray Davidson that saw the St Johnston player sent off uh, at McDermott Park last season for a horrendous tackle on, on Craig Bryson when he never quite shook that off and I think, um, you know, the fact that he didn't want to just hang around and pick up his wages, just said, look, tear up the contract, 
I'm not going to be able to play at the levels that uh, I expect of myself, never mind what Derek McInnes and the Aberdeen fans expect of him. Uh, it, it says a lot for the character of the guy. I mean, he, he's played 550-plus games. It's not like it was somebody who had no CV behind him at all, and it was a gamble. Uh, but uh, we just wish him every success and wherever uh, his career takes him now whether he's going to be able to play football again or not I'm not sure but um, a a genuine guy yeah absolutely we wish him all the best wherever he ends up next uh, if as you say if he does continue uh, as he has been so uh, looking forward to the next half an hour or so we're going to be looking forward to uh, what is another huge week for the Dons because it's not just the game tomorrow there are other games yes it's another busy eight days three games in eight days we're going to look at that and of course Europe on Thursday and we'll talk about that next across North East Scotland North Sound 1 News Another part of Scotland's being hit with tougher COVID restrictions. From midnight, people in North and South Lanarkshire aren't allowed to visit one another's homes. It brings the areas into line with Glasgow City and several of its surrounding areas. Teaching unions want a decision on next year's school exams to be made soon. The Scottish Government is planning to hold them again in 2021 after awarding this year's grades based on teachers' judgment. A local charity has helped 77 deaf and blind people into worker education over the past year. North Sensory Services has supported 60 in Aberdeen with visual or hearing impairments. And in football, Lewis Ferguson's confident he can form a potent partnership with Ross McCrory in the Aberdeen midfield. The past couple of games where we have played beside each other, we've made each other play better. Just with, with certain things and certain moments in the game. Um, I think both of us have fed off each other and, and both of us have, uh, have raised their game. The Dons host Kilmarnock tomorrow in front of 300 fans. That's the latest. I'm Neil Murray. North Sound 1. Get all the biggest hits and the biggest throwbacks without lifting a finger. Just ask your smart speaker to play North Sound 1. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1. Red Friday. So a huge week for the Dons. Once again, we see three games this time in the space of eight days. Tomorrow, of course, is the three o'clock kickoff. It's Aberdeen against Kilmarnock. 300 fans will be inside Petodri for that one. And then on Thursday, it's Europa League action as the Dons head to Norway, hop across the North Sea to play Vikings Stavanger. And then the following Sunday, another team that will be in action on Thursday in the Europa League are Motherwell. And they visit Petodri on the Sunday, three o'clock, three o'clock kickoff even. Uh, so that's three games, eight days, Andrew. It's the start of another important week for the Dons and looking ahead to the Europa League uh, familiar opponents uh, familiar opponents in terms of the fact that we've played them in, in three friendly games albeit the they were for the Energy Cup we've beaten them on each of the three occasions in 2012 it was 2-0 uh, in the, the Viking Stadium in Stavanger, uh, Cami Smith and Jordan Brown scoring the goals. Uh, then through the doors open at Petaudry the following year uh, and said to everyone, you can come in for nothing. So 10,000 people took advantage of that. And we saw a very entertaining 3-2 win for Aberdeen. Marcus Campanile scoring the winner. Anybody remember Marcus? Dave will, I'm sure. Yes, I uh, do. Yeah. He went to America on a he scholarship. Did, he yeah. did indeed. Uh, and then the last time was in 2015 when goals from Kenny McLean and Scott Wright saw us beat 
the the Norwegians. But so there's there's half a dozen players at Potaudry still who featured in these games, and equally there's half a dozen of the Norwegians uh, played in the games. So there's there's a wee bit of recent history, but um, in terms of a competitive game, this will be the first time that we've ever played aside from Norway in the in European competition. Uh, they become the 38th, 39th nation, I think it is, that we've faced. Uh, and, you know, they haven't played in a, the UEFA Cup or the Europa League or anything like that since 2008-09. So they don't have the the pedigree in Europe that Aberdeen have. But on the, the flip side of that, they have played 16 league games so far this season, so they're mm. they're probably a bit ahead of Aberdeen in terms of match fitness, although the Dons are, are coming up towards, you know, being 100% there. Yeah. But they're 10th in the league at the moment, so they're not having a great season. No. But um, I've said it before, you know, a one-off game, it's away from home, uh, it's a winner-take-all cup tie, yeah. it's in the balance, but I think if Aberdeen can, can play to the top of their form and Viking play to the top of theirs, Aberdeen would come out on top. Yeah, and of course, it's bizarre to think that a nation quite so close to us being, you know, just just across the sea there, we've not actually had them as opposition. Am I right in saying, Dave, they've got an artificial surface? They have indeed, yes. Okay. uh, It's a a nice stadium, in fact. uh, George Yule, who was responsible in his time as vice chairman at the the club, uh, he organised the energy, or was heavily involved in organising the Energy Cup and certainly there was a, a deputation went over to look at the stadium mm-hmm. uh, ahead of the construction at Cormac Park so okay. uh, there's been a, a fairly strong connection between the, the two cities yeah. in terms of the football but uh, yeah, it is a bit surprising that we haven't played on a region side before. Uh, Ronald Hernandez of course has got a bit of experience of that league so uh, that's yeah, potentially and, something that well, can be used. And I'm sure that uh, Ronald will been uh, sounded out about the strengths and weaknesses because he'll played against against them in his time in, in Norway. So, um, yeah, just an, another interesting bit to add into the mix. But looking forward to that one. It should be, as Andrew said, I think uh, we will be very disappointed if we don't get through to, to play Lisbon in the following qualifying round. And that is the thing, Andrew, isn't it? It's the prize, it's the carrot at the end of it, it's the goal that every player on that pitch, from both sides, wants to reach. Absolutely. I mean, uh, Sporting Lisbon, one of the the giants of Portuguese football. Uh, But again, you know, they they haven't started their season yet. Uh, It's going to be behind closed doors, so there's not going to be a 60,000 crowd in their stadium rolling them on uh, it, it's the, the European scene this season is, is very different to what we're, we're normally accustomed to uh, but wouldn't it be great if, if you could win in Stavanger then go to Lisbon and as underdogs we've seen Aberdeen go away Groningen Rijeka and produce fantastic results if you could do that once again then you're into that playoff round and getting past that glass ceiling of the third qualifying round that always seems to be the hurdle that trips us up. Well, you feel sometimes it's preferable to be playing a team like, you know, a a Lisbon rather than playing a Viking just because we're we're a Scottish team. Yeah, but uh, also one other point would be that uh, our fans who 
as Andrew touched on there, can't can't travel. Mm. Two brilliant away days to Stavanger <laughs> and Lisbon that they would have absolutely loved. Well, the one good thing is, without the Stavanger trip, it means that they'll be a lot richer than had they gone because yeah. it's not. It wouldn't be sixteen pounds <laughs> for a pint. It's probably yeah, a it's bit a steep, steep but uh, and and Lisbon's one of uh, Europe's loveliest cities. An incredible so, city, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, you you probably prefer playing. A game where you are the underdogs um, right right now, but the, the, I think the empty stadium again could make a difference. Yeah, and obviously we'll talk more about Motherwell next week because you know that is the Sunday game now. It's obviously been moved because of the Thursday game. But the good thing is there, Andrew, that Motherwell also in action on Thursday, um, and that won't do the Dons' chances of of another uh, three points on the on the a week on Sunday any harm at all. No, it won't because um, you know Motherwell, albeit um, they're in Belfast, it's Stavanger's an hour away from from Aberdeen by plane uh, Belfast around about an hour away from uh, Glasgow by plane I would imagine so uh, they're going to be doing the same amount of travelling it's not a lot uh, but they're both playing uh, a competitive European tie on the Thursday night so neither side has got the advantage in terms of having more rest before the game and Motherwell haven't set the heather on fire this season they're sitting bottom of the table in fact uh, the only club that hasn't won a game yet uh, Stephen Robinson obviously will be, be hoping that that changes this weekend uh, when they entertain St Johnston but they uh, no, we'll, we'll look into that game in, in more detail next week, but both sides will be going into it on a level playing field in terms of their preparation time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are going to be looking at the other games this weekend because we're in the very un- unusual position of having six three o'clock kickoffs tomorrow. Yes, that is actually happening. I couldn't believe it either, but we're going to talk more about that. We've also got Beat the Pundit and uh, playing against Dave McDermott to try and uh, beat the Pundit this week is North Sound One's very own Cheryl. She's got the travel neck. <laughs> Yeah, this is Red Friday on North Sound 1. I'm joined by Dave McDermott and Andrew Shiny. Now, every week, our pundit Dave McDermott goes up against the Dons fan in predicting the outcome of the Scottish Premiership games over the course of the weekend. Uh, last time, Andrew, I think it was Callum that was uh, taking on uh, Dave. Uh, how did how did things go last time around? It's two weeks, you see. <laughs> My memory's fading. Yeah, well... Um... Dave managed to win 9-4. Wow. I mean, he'd had a brilliant first week, scraped through, I think, the second week, woeful the next two weeks, so we (laughs) gave him a bit of grief. And all of a sudden, he's found his mojo once again. Well, we're going to set the bar a little higher, because what we've done is uh, we've actually got our very own Cheryl, who you just heard on the travel there, uh, Dave. So... A little bit of a different challenge. Certainly is, and with uh, all due respect to Cheryl, it's one that if I lose, I'm not sure I'll ever live it down. Well, particularly considering Cheryl uh, does not like football whatsoever. Oh, we know that very well. (laughs) All right, let's do it then. Right, Cheryl, you're not a football fan. I'm not, but I'm excited about beating the master. Okay, so you're up against Dave McDermott. I am. um, (laughs) And it's your time to to beat the pundit, uh, not physically, but by beating him by getting the score lines (laughs) right. That's the whole whole point of this. Okay, so we're going to start, because all the games are tomorrow, which is unusual. We're going to start Mm -hmm. with Livingston at home to Hamilton. Quite exciting. Oh, 3-2. 3-2 to Livingston. Then we've got Motherwell, they host St Johnston. Oh, Motherwell, I reckon will win 2-1. Uh, Rangers are at home to Dundee United. Oh, that's a, that's a solid score. Uh, 4-2. 4-2. Uh, Celtic visit Ross County. Mm. 
a draw, two all. Two all draw. Wow, yeah. that'd be a good result for Ross County. St Mirren are, <laughs> are at home to Hibs. St Mirren, did you say? St Mirren, yeah. Three-one. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, oh, that makes a difference. Three-one. Uh, yeah. uh, Aberdeen against Kilmarnock. That's the big one. The one we're all talking Aberdeen about. Aberdeen against Kilmarnock. Three hundred fans. Three hundred fans in there to watch tomorrow as well. I know. I heard. Uh, let's go with three-one. 3-1 the 3-1 Dons. Aberdeen, yeah. Positive thinking, Mike. Okay, well, now you've got to give us your scores, uh, Dave. So we'll start with Livingston Hamilton. I'm delighted to be called the master, one of my favourite Doctor Who characters. <laughs> Did you like that? I, I clarified. Dave McDermott is what we were talking yes, about. Yes, exactly. And it, well, Cheryl thought Livingston Hamilton was going to be an exciting 3-2. I'm being slightly less optimistic. I'm going 1-0 Livy. Motherwell St Johnston. 1-0 Motherwell. Rangers against Dundee United. A 2-0 home win. Ross County hosts Celtic. Can't see County getting anything 1-3. Uh, St Mirren are at home to Hibs. Of course, they've got that uh, situation with the, uh, their own COVID problems at the moment. Yeah, but the game does go ahead. Uh, Hibs were on a, a great run up until we beat them a couple of weeks ago, but I think they'll get back to winning ways 1-2. And then, of course, uh, St Mirren... Uh, sorry, just, uh, then, of course, the big one, Aberdeen against Kilmarnock. 2-0 Dons. Yeah, I almost gave you two games uh, for St Mirren, which really would be very unfair with their current uh, issues with the COVID situation. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, just looking at those other games, uh, there's a few interesting ones there. I think it was a couple of weeks ago we were saying the Saturday games were like, there's not an awful lot going on here. Plenty to talk about tomorrow. Yeah, there's uh, it's a good card, and it's perhaps a little disappointing that none of them are going to be shown live in telly but um, it does make a nice change uh, everything being at 3 o'clock on a Saturday. Uh, the St Mirren-Hibs game is going to be intriguing because uh, St Mirren have got to two goalkeepers down with Covid and the third one being told to, to stay away to make sure that because he's been in close contact with other goalkeepers not to uh, to come along to the game in, in case he infects others. So Jamie Langfield's not going to be sleeping well tonight, I would imagine. Jamie Langfield might be playing. <laughs> he might well be playing, but um, I think because there's a transfer window open and given the emergency nature of this situation, uh, Jim Goodwin may be able to sign a, a goalkeeper on loan, but it's not the ideal way to um, prepare for a game against Hibs. And of course, they've got Joe Shocknessy out suspended as well. Uh, so that's a tough one for them. But Ross County against Celtic, that's the other one that's going to have 300 home fans in at it. Uh, I wish Cheryl's... Uh, you know, prediction was to come through, but I really can't see County managing to get anything off Celtic. Celtic will be determined uh, to get the victory because you've got to fancy Rangers at home against Dundee United. Um, they're not conceding goals, they're scoring goals, they're, going, they're, they're in a good vein of form. But yeah. the, the other games, I mean, uh, Livingston-Hamilton, I think I, I tend to go along with Dave a wee bit. It doesn't really set the, the pulses racing too much. But, uh, you know, Hamilton won their last away game. They're desperate to get themselves away from the bottom of the table. Anything could happen there. And Motherwell, as we mentioned earlier on in the programme, uh, they haven't won a game so far this season. So they're up against the St Johnston side that seems to be just getting a wee bit of momentum going so mm. uh, a lot of games on the cars tomorrow that could go one way or the other Yeah, it's a very nice situation though Dave to have all those I know we, obviously we're missing the television um, games which is always the, the downside but the fact that we're getting all those games at the same time it's sort of proper throwback and it is, in yes. some ways it's quite nice because you know we have a real time update on the table we can see where things are going we, there's a bit of excitement about having, having those games on at the same time I think Yeah and no, we were just talking about before we were on air about the last time Rangers and Celtic both played at three o'clock mm. on a 
a Saturday. I'm sure one of the listeners might be able to tell us, yeah, but it must us, be. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't happen very often, no. and the fact that all six are at three o'clock tomorrow, and, and again, it's just a shame it's not all six with full houses or certainly the fans allowed allowed in. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, looking forward to it. And uh, that St Mirren Hibs game does stand out because St Mirren have got all the problems off the field just now. Yeah. Uh, one of the other games, uh, of course, which will be of interest to a lot of teams, Dundee United, they're visiting Rangers. And uh, <laughs> Mickey Mellon was asked about Lawrence Shankland and whether he was available. Uh, this is what his response was. Are you ready? Back! So you don't have to ask me anymore! <laughs> he's back! <laughs> no, he's... he's, he's uh, Lawrence is fit. Nobody's tried to buy him this week before they asked that one. Nobody's tried to buy him this week. Um, he's, and he's fit and we're delighted that he's back in the group again and he's had a good few days training. So Lawrence will be coming to the Rangers game with us. I mean, apart from the shock that Mickey Mellon is Scottish, I have to say that is one of my favourite responses, Dave. He's certainly, a, he's certainly a great addition to yeah, Scottish great. football. And he's, I think we're going to have lots of excellent stories coming courtesy of Mickey Mellon. I, yeah. I like that he also knows the game as well. He's mm. been responsible down south. And like like you, I thought I didn't realise he was Scottish <laughs> um, until until this all came about. And I think he'll be, a, a, as I say, a great addition. One of the characters... Village Shabalazlo was at yeah. Hearts. Somebody you always l- listen out to their press conferences yeah. for for all the right reasons. But he's a good football man as well. Yeah, and you have to say, Andrew Dundee United obviously started the season very strongly. They seem to have sort of tailed off a bit just in terms of their form. Maybe the opposite effect of what we hope doesn't happen when you're on form like the Dons right now. When you go into that international break, Dundee United might have been looking at that break and going, "This is not bad timing." Yeah, um, they would probably want, although another side, you've got two weeks to dwell on the fact that you got pumped 4-0 and <laughs> a number of the goals were self-inflicted, but uh, it is a boost for them getting Shanklin back, that'll, that'll lift the spirits, and of course they signed uh, Flo Hotty today, uh, from let me see where does he Kosovan he came from Rochdale for an undisclosed fee <laughs> Kosovan and, came from Rochdale yeah of course. Indeed. Uh-huh. Um, but no United have, have done well I, I spoke to Mark Reynolds briefly uh, at McDermott Park before we played St Johnston and, and he was saying that their their spirits are really good he said Mickey Mellon's a, a, a great coach um Although he doesn't do an awful lot of the, the coaching, it's um, Stephen Frail who's doing a lot of that. But he said that um, you know the the guys at, at Dundee United are, are a good group, and this will be a test for them. Uh, you know, off the back of a four 0 pumping, uh, the last place you probably want to go to is Ibrox. But if you want to show that you've got a bit of metal about you, that's the place to go and you know get some sort of positive result. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to say as well, uh, from a Dons perspective, Dave, just looking at the teams around the Dons in the league, you've got Ross County just below and uh, Celtic just above and St Mirren also just below. You're, you're, you're expecting Hibs probably to win that one and you would expect Celtic to be, beat Ross County, which gives the Dons, if they can get that win, a little bit of breathing space. Yeah, uh, but we're, we're only uh, worried about what goes, what happens at Pataudry tomorrow. As if you ask the manager that question, he would say it's far too early in the season. Wait for the first round of games before you even think about starting looking at the, the <laughs> league table. But I must admit, after the start that Aberdeen had, both on and off the field, it's been 
all all good since thankfully yeah, it's, and it's great that we are talking like that and it's uh, it's very much the thing that uh, fans look for isn't it those kind of patterns and, and potential there uh, of course it's a huge week for the Dons Thursday it's Vikings to Vanga but the big one tomorrow at Pataudry 300 fans in there for Aberdeen against Kilmarnock <laughs> It's time to talk football. It's time to talk dance. North Zone 1, Red Friday. 